the perfect companion at work, at home, and those Wi-Fi hotspots. The high-voltage outfit will give us plenty of apps. This is TalkZone.com, Internet Talk Radio. You are entering an intriguing journey with spiritual lifestyle experts Keith and Charmé Amber, where you'll end up more at home with yourself, your behavior, and your understanding of life. Mastering Ourselves offers sound answers to life's tough questions so that life can make more sense to you and healthy directions become clearer. Keith and Charmé bring you over 80 years of seasoned experience. They pursue truth and insights that are neither left nor right, but spiritually sound and centered and can be used as a spiritual compass to help you on your path. Welcome to Mastering Ourselves. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to have a reading tonight, give us a call at 1-800-336-2225. We'll read you your rights. <laughs> <laughs> you know, really, the callers, we've had great callers uh, yeah. coming in. I think there was one that was really stuck in mud. The rest of them were... You know, really um, solidly and in earnest, interested in how to either help themselves or somebody close to them. Well, most people were stuck, but um, this one was stuck really bad. So it's like, you know, you need to do a real deep session and really get some stuff going because we got major issues stuck. (laughs) Indeed. We're going to spend this hour talking about home. That is our ethereal, ethereal home. You know, I'm reading a, uh, I'm reviewing a book right now for a guest that we're gonna have on the show probably in January. And, um, this, uh, this guy is a doctor around, um, people that are dying. And one of the comments he makes is that the people that are dying, you know, literally like hours away from dying, one of the things they consistently do is talk about going home. Right. Oftentimes they already are home, you see. And, you know, what people are starting to realize is that they're talking about going to their ethereal home. And, you know, I wanted to bring that up tonight because truly that is our home. This earth place is not our home. This is a place we've come to visit, to learn lessons. It's basically a school. Actually, the earth is a school. It's, it's okay, let's face it. It's a rigorous, uncomfortable, not very fun, pretty place, but rigorous, not very fun school. That's right. That's right. And the truth of it is, is that you cannot learn some of these lessons that we learn here on earth in the same way out on the ethereal plane. It doesn't work. For instance, she talks about here in this article, The Near-Death Experience by Reverend Juliet Nightingale. It was in a recent issue of Pure Inspiration magazine. And one of the things she talks about is, boy, you just think it's there. You just think you want to be somewhere and you're there. And, of course, on the ethereal plane, that's exactly how it works. And a lot of folks these days, that's what they want to have on Earth. They want to just be able to think it and it's there. And it's true, that's where we're heading on Earth, is into that dimension. But the real purpose of being on Earth in the first place is to have those limitations because therein you can learn certain lessons. You know, the the trick is the prize on Earth, the prize that you can get isn't here. You don't get the prize by, oh, I got the... Uh, prettiest wife or the greatest billfold or the, you know the most money or the greatest talent and uh, I got more power 
the prize is on another level of morality because we come from another place to go to school here and what we do here not on the how it looks here as a human you know like oh i got i won this and then i got this great car and all that whatever it would be it's it's not evaluated here we come from another place we condense down to this uh grinding uh struggle here a challenging a very challenging place and then we um whatever we do that is of the higher order we get to take with us it adds to us like for eternity so the prize isn't here a lot of times you got to even deny some great thing here you know like with your book charme you know charme had books and it was like she had the wrong idea about them she wrote a book we had a lot of books published and she had the wrong idea that those books would make us famous and you know it wasn't make us famous but really make an impact in the world which is a good motive but we were counting on that and as much as we were counting on that it, it didn't work it didn't work so, <laughs> so we had to get rid of we had to unload the books literally uh one of our guides i you know Keith didn't quite say it accurate. We pu- we we published one book and we had many copies made, like ten thousand, and they didn't move. And so finally, we were trying to figure out what was blocked in our life because it was evident that something was blocked. And finally, we had the guidance very clear that we should burn those ten thousand books, folks. They weren't even paid for yet. And so you know. After checking in three different times, we were told, burn the books. So, we burned the books. You might say you're nuts, and we might, uh, we might say you're probably right. But the truth is, is it was an amazing thing that happened. Because what Keith was saying is that we were, we had too much hope wrapped up in those books, and probably more me than Keith. And by burning them, we burned the hope. So at that point, a few months afterwards, all kinds of doors start opening. It was amazing. It took about three months for it to settle, and then and then and actually the doors opening towards the radio, right? Which we didn't know at the time. But, but we came. had to get this sort of like false hope bases out of the way. out of the way. That was one of our lessons. And, and who would have guessed? Who would have guessed? Who would have ever guessed? I, I, I wouldn't have. The only thing is, is that every time I tuned in, all I could see was the books burning. Keith, trusting that guidance from the particular guide that it came from, said, okay, let's do it. And it still took us months to pay for the things. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts offering a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions. If you'd like to call in for a reading tonight, do so at 1-800-336-2225. And don't forget to catch us Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Fridays, and Saturdays, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. One of the things that uh, this gal, Reverend Juliet Nightingale, talks about uh, from her near-death experience is that uh, sleeping, just that we dream when we're asleep is an indication that our consciousness is always being active. 
And I wanted to talk about dream time. You know, um, people who don't dream are too numbed out. That's not a good state to be in. Everybody dreams. Everybody should be dreaming. And if you're not dreaming, it's because there's something wrong. Either drugs, prescription or otherwise, or other foods that numb you out. Or you're simply asleep on a, on a deeper level and uh, preoccupied on the surface level. Ooh, scary. <laughs> well, usually that's not going any place fast. No, it isn't. You know, in some of us we have a time in that level. You know, it's kind of interesting. Our higher selves actually never sleep. What they do is regular rest periods. So it's kind of a different thing. But when you come down to the physical plane, you actually do sleep. And during that sleep, your consciousness doesn't sleep. Your consciousness generally leaves your body, merges up with your higher self, and goes off and does various things. Whether you're meeting uh, a dead relative, whether you're going to a class preparing you for what you're doing on earth, whether you're going off to fight battles or do some preparation, whatever it is, there's a million things that are happening. You know, talking about sleep, um, they, you hear all these studies that come out oftentimes, and one will say nine hours is the optimum, eight hours is the optimum, another one will say seven, but nine and eight are usually the most popular, I hear. However, the more enlightened you get, the less sleep you need. Why is that? Because you're in such harmony, you're not in friction grinding against life or grinding grinding against yourself, so you don't need to repair and, and knock out to repair by a higher source. Interesting. You're already hooked into the higher frequency of harmony and uh, being right with life. You know, if you if you actually take some time to get alert to your dreams, you will open an amazing world of information and guidance and uh, in tuneness with your higher self and your guides and the ethereal plane that you you know is difficult to access other ways. It's it's a rich, rich, rich it, it world. Is. And one of the ways you can train yourself to do that if you aren't currently remembering your dreams is to set the intent, like, you know, really decide you want to do this. By the way, if you'd like a psychic reading, give us a call, 1-800-336-2225. So you set your intent before you go to bed that you want to remember your dreams. You put a, pa- a, pad, a pad, a paper, and a pen by your bedside, and you keep saying to yourself, I'm going to wake up after the dream and write it down. You sort of can get yourself into a mode where you kind of wake up and just write a few words that will trigger the memory in the morning, and then you can just go back to sleep. You don't have to analyze it then. Yeah, not analyze, but I would write the thing out pretty clear, though, because <laughs> when I write it out, you know, I go, well, what else was there? <laughs> yeah, at least at first, that's what happens usually. So, you know, try to write it out pretty clear, but analyzing, wait, you know, wait till you wake up. You know, I remember I get threads sometimes during the day, just a thread of a a glimpse of a a memory. And if you take a little bit of time with that thread and be with it, you can pull in the whole dream. And then you can take a look at what it meant. It's a valuable time. It's a valuable tool to use. You know, the other comment she had, she has several comments, but another comment she had is that all that's important is love out in the universe. And uh, love is a wonderful, wonderful thing, but I don't think it's all there is. I think that's a pretty limited view. Hmm. 
And uh, I have the, a few comments about this to make. You know, in, in trying to figure out all that's in the universe of the big cornerstone is love, is that planets hugging each other? <laughs> I, tr- I try to picture what this Aren't means. Aren't you just cute? <laughs> you know, some people say everything's numbers. Some people say everything's consciousness. And you could say everything's love, too, in that... Everything is God, and then everything is order, and everything will be taken care of. Maybe that's how it's saying it. Maybe that's what it's meant. Well, you know, she said she was just surrounded by love, and that they she was sent she was sent back. So one of the reasons was so that she could announce to the world, as many near death experience people say, they're sent back to do that. Love is all there is. But you see. That isn't the only story coming back from near-death experiences. Nope. There are the stories, and although there aren't as many of them, or shall we say this differently, there aren't as many that want to proclaim that this happened to them Mm -hmm. because it is nowhere near as pretty or nice and sweet, are those that have gone in and had a dark near-death experience, which does happen. I've read some books on it. They are not pretty. Why does that happen? Because the people are living dark lives. And they need to go in and be shaken up severely. You know, I believe what happens with near-death experiences is in a person's contract that they make for their life, what their life's going to be like and, and the level they're supposed to achieve at, at each age, let's say they haven't, they haven't caught up, they're not doing par with what they said they were going to do. So their higher self, which made the agreement that we're going to be at a certain level, you know, they get a situation where they die for a few minutes. They come up for hours is what it feels like. You, you experience hours in those few minutes. Yes. And you're readjusted with enlightened, you know, enlightened things usually, or it could be the other way around too if you're just, you know, messed up. So that, so you, uh, you, you get your adjustment and most of these people, you know, no matter what they were doing, they come back and they're changed. Permanently. Permanently changed. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so I think that was the agreement that they were supposed and to And that was whether level. they've had a positive or a negative experience. Either way, they're changed permanently. Right. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, offering a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions. If you'd like a reading, give us a call, 1-800-336-2225. We're going to talk more about this near-death experience with added perspective. When we come back, stay with us, and thanks for being with us tonight. We're all looking for ways to become better people. So why not let Charmaine and Keith Amber, co-hosts of Mastering Ourselves, help guide your way? Mastering Ourselves offers a clear path through the muddle of life. Charmaine and Keith have a new book called Steps to Enlightenment with formulas for personal growth and tools to change unwanted habits. Steps to Enlightenment offers it all. Find out what others have to say about Steps to Enlightenment at www.masteringourselves.com. 